Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Arsenal Way and yes we have another Press Box episode with you. This one is more special because it is the end of the international break finally and of course an episode will not be right without Kaya Kainak with me. Kaya, how are you mate? I'm good mate, thank you for having me. I'm in a good mood because the international break is coming to an end. Of course and I think there's only one place to start really. We play Liverpool tomorrow and it's not been the greatest of places for us. Just how are you feeling for that game? Nervous. Um, I think it's going to be a big test for Arsenal. Obviously, we've seen how the team has done since um, August. Obviously, the resurgence, 10 games unbeaten. That's been fantastic. But throughout that run, I don't think it would be too harsh to say that they've had a relatively fortunate run of fixtures. Obviously, they've beaten good teams like Spurs and Leicester. But some of the teams they've had to play have been, I would say, on the easier side of things. This is the first really big team they've had to play since all the new guys came in, since Arteta seems to have found a system that he really likes. So... It'll be interesting. Arsenal, I'm sure we'll go into this a bit more, but historically don't have the best of records at Anfield. So, yeah, nervous. I'm, 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 I'm intrigued. I'm just, I'm hopeful that if things don't go right, that this, the reaction won't be too over the top negative like we've seen in the past. I, I don't get the feeling it will be just from looking around on social media. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic that Arsenal could come away with the result, but also nervous just in case they don't. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that one. I'm just scared. I think every time you do go to Anfield, you are worried because our record is appalling. I think the last time we did win there in the Premier League was nine years ago, of course. You'll remember Santi Cazorla and Podolski finally announcing themselves in an Arsenal shirt with two great goals. But Kaya, why is it? Why When we go to Anfield, what is it about us? Why are we so scared that we just don't perform at that ground, do we? I think you've got to take into account the fact that in those nine years, was it five of them have been with Jurgen Klopp in charge? I think he's the best manager or the second best manager in the Premier League. That's obviously made Liverpool a much harder place to go to. They seem to have got a much more closer bond with their fans. And if you look at the sort of the, the differing paths between the two sides, Arsenal have really gone down in that time, whereas Liverpool have been on the up. So that's probably a big part of it. Um, I think that's why the, the gap is as long as it is. Obviously, Arsenal's record away from home towards the end of Arsene Wenger's time wasn't great in general. So when you throw in the fact that Liverpool were as good as they were, that makes it very difficult. I also think Arsenal's style of playing out from the back and not really being that great at playing out from the back or maybe not having the players to play out from the back until this point uh, played into Liverpool's hands. So the way Liverpool press is very high intensity. You've got to be on it with every single pass you make out. The second you make a mistake, they're ready to pounce on you. Players like uh, Salah, players like Firmino, who might be injured, who is injured for this game, players like Mane, who might be injured for this game, sorry. They, they seize on any sense of, like, any sort of small whiff of weakness. And Arsenal's backline have had that in the past with Petr Cech in goal, with um, Bern Leno in goal, with some of the defenders they've had playing out from the back, being less comfortable with it. So I'm interested to see how this lot get on. Obviously, Ramsdale has been fantastic with his feet, same with Ben White and Gabriel. So we'll see how they get on. I think tactically and, of course, in terms of quality, Liverpool's ascension compared to Arsenal's sort of decline in recent years probably the main reason why Arsenal struggled, but who knows, this might be the chance for them to change things. 
Yeah, I think this is the best year. There won't be a better time. I think we're on great form defensively. We look robust. Tomiyasu, Ramsdale, Gabriel, Ben White. We finally have a defensive solidarity that we have not seen in so long. And I want to bring this stat forward to you, Kai. This isn't good either. Like Liverpool have scored 97 goals against Arsenal in the Premier League. That is more than any other opponent that Arsenal <laughs> conceded against. Can the new defence just slow this down a little bit? Finally, are they capable of doing it? 97. Wow, yeah. that, is, that, is, that is horrific. Um, I'm, I'm hoping they won't um, concede too many. I think <laughs> keeping a clean sheet against this side and Mo Salah, who I, in my opinion is the best player in world football at the minute, is going to be difficult. Um, I think there's a possibility that Arsenal will concede, almost a probability that Arsenal will concede when they go up to Anfield. Um, so that'll be difficult. But I think this defence in terms of structure, in terms of tactics, is way more well-equipped than any defence we've really seen in the past. I would go so far as to say maybe even decade um, of Arsenal defences to go to Anfield, cope with what Liverpool have to offer and even thrive against it. So they've got pace and White and Gabriel. They've got the ability to beat the press in terms of if you want to press them high, Ben White's happy to dribble around. Gabriel's happy to outmuscle any sort of attacker that comes near him. So I think they've got players capable of dealing with Liverpool's attacking threat. But of course, we have to accept that that attacking threat is incredible. I think Liverpool have scored more than any team in the league this season. So it's going to be difficult to stop them. But I would say of any Arsenal defence we've seen in recent times, this is definitely the one that will be best equipped to, to deal with that. Yeah, I completely agree. And I do agree with the best defence in a decade because I think aside from Gabriel and Ben White as a defensive partnership, we haven't really seen one since Koscielny or Mertesacker, a real solid yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I mean, we had obviously Socrates and David Luiz as a partnership for yeah. a while that played into Liverpool's hands. And if you look at players like Mustafi coming in, um, there's a whole, you know, plethora of bad defenders we could go through. Arsenal that could devote a whole other podcast to that. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of bad ones. Definitely. And just touching on the defence, staying on the defence, uh, for the game against Liverpool now, I think the right-back and the two centre-back slots are pretty confirmed. But the left-back spot now, we have Nuno Tavares who has come for an injured Kirintini and he has been excellent since coming in would it be unfair just to bring Kirintini back in or does Arteta need to do that to keep this result it probably is unfair on Tavares but um, I think it needs to happen Tavares like you say has been excellent I think the way he offers um, an ability to rather than Tierney just sort of standing somewhat static on the wing until the ball comes to him the way Tavares, Tavares sorry um, times his runs a little bit later the way he's willing to come inside in his right foot I just think that offers more in terms of the attacking build-up for Arsenal on that left-hand side, or not necessarily more, but something different from what Tierney offers. But just up against Mo Salah on that right-hand side, it would be such a risk to play Tavares in what is essentially his first big game, his first ever experience of an atmosphere like Anfield, his first ever test against a properly world-class right-winger. That would be a huge risk. We, we worry about him a bit defensively anyway. I'm not saying Tierney is the world's best defender. I think he's a good defender. I don't think he's... Um, world-class in that sense but I just think it makes more sense to go for the more experienced option the more defensively solid option just up against someone who like we've said already is is the best player in world football at the minute and it's going to be a tremendous task so as much as I think Tavares probably deserves to keep his spot just based on form I don't think he will just because of the needs of this game and the challenge that Mo Salah presents. Mm, I agree with you. I think Tavares has been excellent. It's unfair. It is unfair on him not to start him, but the three points and or a draw is the most important thing at the end of the, yeah. end of the day. It's a results business. But Kyle, could maybe Arteta change the formation and start Tini and Tavares? Is that an option as, as well? He could. I don't think he will. I think it would go against the um, 
the quality that Arsenal have been building. And if you go to a back three, that limits the number of attackers you can have. So you can't play Lacazette, Aubameyang, Saka and Smith-Rowe. One of those four would have to drop out, which I think would not be what Arteta is trying to do. What he's been talking about a lot is Arsenal strengths rather than opposition weaknesses. And I just think that would play into Liverpool's hands. And I think sitting deep and looking to defend would not be the kind of mentality Arteta is trying to instill in this team as he takes them forward in the project. So, Yes, playing a back four carries risks and playing a, a back three or back five, as it probably would be for most of the time, would be more defensively sound. I just I don't think it would work. And also, if you play Tavares at left wing back, Tierney left centre back, and you're definitely starting Gabriel and uh, Ben White, are you then going to play Tommy Asso at right wing back? Mm -hmm. Personally, I don't think that works. I wouldn't want um, someone like maybe Cedric to start a right wing back. So I just I, I don't think it quite works in terms of what Arsenal need um, for this instance. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I just want to quickly touch on to Tomiyasu. Now, Sergio Mane hasn't been in the greatest of forms recently and he has actually been dropped by Jurgen Klopp a couple of times, but because of the injury to Firmino, he will be starting most likely and he has been confirmed as fit by Jurgen Klopp. Are you scared of Sergio Mane? Do you think Tomiyasu can win that battle possibly? Yeah, I mean, he, he kept him and Son quiet for most of the game. Son and Mane are relatively similar levels of player. They're both excellent. So I, I worry just because Mane has been maybe not, at his peak, but he's still very clinical. He's still someone who scores lots of goals and he's still a very difficult uh, test for any defender. And Arsenal, in particular, have really struggled against Sadio Mane in the past. I think it's something like seven goals in 14 games in a Liverpool shirt against Arsenal. So he's unbelievable cutting in from that right-hand side. But like we said, this defence is better equipped than any defence we've seen. And Tommy Asu, in particular, is a brilliant defender. He's brilliant one-on-one. -on -one. He's brilliant in the air. He's quick, so he's not going to be outpaced by Mane. Um, he's smart. He defends quite low to the ground, so he's capable to deal with the low centre of gravity that Mane's got in terms of dribbling. So there's lots of things that go in Tomiyasu's favour. Of course, it's a whole other level of test, but Tomiyasu's dealt with players like Cristiano Ronaldo when he played in Italy. He's dealt with Youngman Son, and yeah, hopefully he'll be able to deal with Sadio Mane as well. Yeah, let us pray. I just want to touch on the midfield briefly, Kai. I just want to um, get your opinion on Thomas Pye and how how his importance will be for tomorrow's game. Of course, we saw Sambi Lukonga and Maitland Niles both play against Watford. They've done well, but of course, it's a different animal against Liverpool Anfield, isn't it? Yeah, well, we don't know if Thomas Pye is going to be fit at time of recording. Arteta seems to throw a bit of doubt on it at his press conference. I know um, Chris Weekly, my colleague, is working on a story on that for this evening, so that's one to keep an eye out for. But um, he is hugely important in terms of being Arsenal's most press-resistant player. Um, we talk about what Liverpool have to offer in terms of trying to nick the ball off Arsenal when they play out from the back. Thomas Partey is someone who's more capable of dealing with that than anyone else. And if Arsenal are going to play forward and play forward quickly, Thomas Partey is the guy to do that. So he's going to be really important and hopefully having him as close to full fitness as possible will be key. I, I'm hopeful. I mean, I'm pretty sure, in fact, um, from what we're hearing, that he will be involved we're still not quite certain on that I think we'll have to wait till the pieces come out a little bit later to confirm things but I think he'll be hugely important just like all the other senior players in this Arsenal side um, who we might come on to a little bit later but yeah he's 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 massive and um, having him in the side is definitely a massive boost yeah I agree I think Thomas Pye I've always said this I think Thomas Pye for a game at Anfield is arguably our most important player we saw against when he was at Atletico Madrid uh, against Liverpool in the Champions League during the 2019-20 season True. how amazing he was there and I think we will need him to replicate that because when Arsenal go to Anfield we lack composure in the midfield we get a bit nervous and I think the inexperience of Samuel Congo and Maitland Niles might actually just affect us a little bit I don't know if they're ready for to play in a pivot for that game just yet but of course they have their amazing potential yeah I, I agree I I, I... 
I think Sambi and Maitland-Niles actually did quite well against Watford, but mm. um, I, I know I gave Sambi a really bad rating in my player ratings, which I feel really bad about because I, I sort of want to retract that retrospectively. But I just think um, up against what Liverpool have to offer, you need players who are really secure in possession. And Ainsley is someone who I think is really good defensively in terms of doesn't really get beaten one-on-one. But when he's on the ball, I think he probably can get pressed a little bit easily. And sometimes he loses concentration, which you can't afford to have against Liverpool. So bringing Thomas Partey back instead of him, I think would be a smart move. And then, of course, Sambi Lukonga, we've seen what he can offer in terms of progressive passing, in terms of um, an ability to get on the ball and be brave in possession, which is what you need at Anfield. So hopefully that midfield double pivot will work nicely. Yeah, we shall see. We shall see. Now, I just want to touch on the attack. Now, of course, in the recent weeks, Arteta has changed the system to a 4-4-2. However, in a game against Liverpool, that would be risky to play and you might want to change that. Now, Kyle, Aubameyang has never scored against Liverpool, uh, never scored against Liverpool, especially when Jurgen Klopp has been manager. So, for Arsenal, that is, he scored for Dortmund, but not for Arsenal, of course. So, is this will this play a part in Arteta's head? Will he be thinking, oh, maybe I need to start Lacazette for this instead? I didn't know that was um, the case. I didn't know Aubameyang's record against Liverpool was so poor. Um, I don't think we'll see Lacazette start over Aubameyang. Aubameyang is probably, well, he is fit for this game, despite, again, for I don't quite know why Mikel Arteta seemed to throw doubt on it in his press conference. But we, as far as we know, Aubameyang is fit for the game. So I think in terms of clinicality on the break, I don't think there's going to be too many chances. You want your best striker in the team to take the minimal chances when they come along. So Aubameyang makes sense. And Arsenal probably going to have to play on the counter, play in transition a lot if they're going to beat this Liverpool side. And Aubameyang is probably Arsenal's um, most potent player when it comes to that side of things. So what's really improved about him is obviously his work, work rate, but his ability to hold the ball up. So up against Van Dijk and whoever partners Van Dijk on the day, that will be a whole different test. And it'll be interesting to see how he gets on with that. But yeah, I don't think Lacazette will play just because A, Lacazette won't last the full 90. We see that he comes off after about 60 yeah. minutes. And B, I think um, it might be better to have someone like Lacazette a little bit deeper, working hard in the midfield to try and press someone like Fabinho, who is really important to the way Liverpool play and really important to the way they build up. So I just think that will be what about me, what um, Arteta goes for in attack. I, I just about think it makes sense. Although th- there is a, a tricky decision to be had. And that's before we even bring again to mention Martin Erdegaard, who will be bitterly disappointed to miss out again if indeed he does just because he's someone who's not really had too much of a chance since he came here permanently and I did a, a piece on it during the international break just saying how I think when he gets a chance in his, his preferred position he'll we'll see the sort of form we saw last season from him but I just I don't think it's coming just yet I think it's gonna be Lacazette and Aubameyang for this weekend yeah of course Erdogan will get a chance soon let's hope he can take that For Bamiyang, when it comes to games against Liverpool, Manchester City, it's like he goes hiding. He he doesn't get too many chances. He doesn't score against either club. Is it because of him or is it because of the support around him? Because we look too defensive. We're too scared to attack against Liverpool, Man City. Can Arteta do more just to support Bamiyang, especially for the game tomorrow? I think it's, uh, it's obviously a mixture of both, but I think more to do with the fact that Arsenal don't really create many chances. Um mm. I think playing Aubameyang up front on his own where he gets totally isolated is difficult and he does tend to drift out of games when he's totally isolated from the rest of the team. I remember that 5-0 defeat to Manchester City and it was basically everyone inside the 18-yard box except for Aubameyang who was standing up on the halfway line. It it didn't really work and I felt sorry for him because he obviously gets criticised when he doesn't score goals in the big games and 
he seems to have been tarnished with that tag, which I think is quite harsh because if you think about the FA Cup final against Chelsea, it was Aubameyang who scored both goals. That semi-final against Manchester City, it was again Aubameyang who scored both goals. So he's got it in him to score in important games. I just think he needs chances. Like any striker in world football, he needs chances. And he's a quality finisher. He's Arsenal's best finisher. So I think, yeah, like you say, more can be done to help him. And maybe with a bit more confidence in the side, Arsenal won't look to sit so deep against Liverpool this time. And maybe they'll get players a bit closer to him. Saka, Smith-Rowe who are able to create chances and hopefully he can be, he can be clinical. I feel like I'm saying hopefully a lot today, just because, <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to rule anything out. I think I'm, like I said, cautiously optimistic about the game. And I think, yeah, if Arsenal were able to, to get chances for Aubameyang, it would make sense for me to keep him in the side just because I think he's, he's the player most likely in the Arsenal team to take them. And just quickly, uh, the fixture between Arsenal and Liverpool, I've seen the most penalties missed. And of course, Aubameyang missed against Watford. <laughs> so would this, does this have any effect on your decision over Aubameyang or Lacazette? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think you can pick a striker on the off chance he might get a penalty. I would I would say that was interesting, actually, was um, in the press conference, Arteta, I don't know whether this because he was trying to sort of play up the fact that Aubameyang might not be fit for the game. He was asked, will Aubameyang be on penalties? And he said, we'll have to see what our plans are or we'll make a plan for that individual game rather than being like, yes, he's definitely on penalties. So that was interesting. I thought I could be reading into nothing. I guess we'll find out if Arsenal get a penalty again tomorrow. But he's the kind of guy who does tend to come back. And I think the idea that he's not a great penalty taker may be a little bit of a myth. Just again, you think back to Chelsea, Mm. semi-final uh, of the FA Cup his penalty was side netting crux moment and he came up with a good so I think he's someone who has put in a poor set of penalties in the past two but I think I, I would back him to, to bounce back even though I do think Lacazette is actually a better penalty taker yeah, and I agree. Aubameyang does bounce back and I think that's the great striker in him. I think in 2019, I remember he missed the penalty against Spurs, the crucial penalty, but yeah. then a yeah, few yeah. days later, he came back and he scored against Manchester United against the Hale of all people. So he has got the mentality to, once he misses, he will score the next one. So you can have faith in him there. And you mentioned the press uh, the press conference, Kai, and uh, I just want to speak on that and how uh, Arteta was asked a question about Lacazette's future. And I think he mentioned that he would touch on it at the end of the season. Now, is that... Are we? Am I reading into this too much that he says end of the season and not in January? Um, I don't think Lacazette was ever going to go in January just because of the African Cup of Nations and with Aubameyang leaving, Pepe leaving, it didn't really make much sense to see another striker go because then all you'd be left with is Martinelli and Balogun. So that would be a hell of a risk. And we don't know how long um, Aubameyang and Pepe will be gone for. End of the season in, is a whole different story. <laughs> I get the argument for keeping Lacazette for another year just because I'm not certain that either Martinelli or Balogun will be ready to play regularly um, come the start of next season. But maybe a year after that, they might be. But then again, I would get why if you're Lacazette, you don't want to stick around at Arsenal for just one more year when you can go get yourself a three-year contract and be much more secure for the rest of your career. So it's a tricky one. I, I personally, the reports are that Arsenal haven't closed the door on... Um, on the idea of extending a contract. And those have come from James McNicholas and David Ornstein, the Athletic. So they're, they're very reliable and I would trust them. And it makes sense because I think if reports were coming out that Arsenal have definitely closed the doors to Lacazette, it wouldn't really be right in terms of trying to get him to stay motivated for the rest of the season. So maybe there's something in that, but it's also worth saying that I don't think um, Lacazette will end up staying. I just can't see him mm. signing for one year. If, if he does, I think that'd be good for Arsenal. I just don't see it happening myself. I think it's difficult to say now. A lot of it will depend on 
what state Balogun is in. If he goes on loan in January and does really well, a bunch of scores a bunch of goals in the championship for I think Middlesbrough and Sheffield United, the teams that have been linked, yeah. then maybe Arsenal will decide that he's ready to step up and be a regular in the first team and decide to let Lacazette go. But then if he does poorly in the championship, then maybe they want to keep Lacazette. So it's all ifs, buts and maybes. There's a lot of depending on how young players develop Balogun and Martinelli. And it's, it's very difficult to know what trajectory Arsenal will be in when it comes to those youth players. I mean, a, a year ago, we were talking about Emil Smith-Rowe playing in the Papa John's Trophy. Now he's <laughs> playing for England. So that can change very quickly. And um, it's something to keep an eye on. I, I just think that Lacazette, as much as I really like him, and I like what he's doing this season, I can't quite see him ending up staying uh, this time around, unfortunately. Yeah, I agree with you, Kay. I think Lacazette is the perfect backup striker. And if he was to accept that role, I'd love for him to stay because yeah. he does offer something different to Aubameyang. They're complete different strikers and it can really come in handy. We saw, I think, a few weeks ago in the game, a game against Crystal Palace, he came on and completely changed the whole game. So he's the perfect backup striker, but I just don't think he would be willing to stay and not willing and not be on in the starting lineup at the end of the yeah. day. So we shall see how that goes. But just going back to the Liverpool game now, we mentioned the strikers. Now, if the strikers do not perform, Kyle, we do have another secret weapon and that's set pieces. Now, I know you recently done a piece on Nicola, um, Nicola the set piece coach and Arsenal have been excellent this season. It's been something new for us and Liverpool have actually conceded uh, two set piece goals against West Ham in their last defeat. Now, can this be a secret weapon for us? Why not? Um, I think it's good that Arsenal are embracing... The idea of specialist coaches and set pieces are a huge part of the game today just because teams are so well set up in a way that they, they maybe weren't in the past. I think the idea of every team playing sort of a loose 4-4-2 left football a long time ago, it's more about structure and shape now, which means that creating chances in open play is more difficult than it ever has been. So, yeah, set pieces are crucial. And um, the fact that Arsenal are really going ahead is fantastic. I, th I think... The fact that they, they seem to ditch those short corners, I really like it. I, I hate seeing teams waste possession on short corners. Look, if it works, great, but I just think it, it works so rarely. I, I think it's it's so much better to see it just going into the box. Arsenal have a lot of players who are good in the air, which is something we haven't really been able to say about the team in the past. Um, Partey showed that he's good in the air against Aston Villa, which I don't think any of us really knew. Um, Gabriel's good. Ben White is good in the air as well. Um, Aubameyang can even get on the end of a few things Tommy Asu is fantastic in the air so they have a lot of threats and um, obviously Van Dijk's formidable in the air but if you look at the rest of that Liverpool back line and Alisson who was pretty shaky against West Ham it's definitely a, a thing that Arsenal could target and um, if Arsenal get a goal from a set piece or get two or whatever three, four, five I don't know you, you would back them to be able to defend and sort of see it out so yeah, I, I think set pieces could be crucial on a, on a day where you don't really expect Arsenal to have too many chances. So, yeah, Nicolas Jovert has done a fantastic piece of work at Arsenal, transitioning them from a team that was very good defensively. It's what we saw under Andres Jorgsen last season, who was the set piece coach before, and he was really good at making the team solid defensively and stopping them conceding set pieces. Now they seem to have gone to another level, which is actually scoring from set pieces. And Bakaya Saka and Emil Smith-Rowe have taken over the delivery and Arsenal seem to be a much better team for it and it's a much more a, a rounded method of attack and they seem to yeah more more strength to their bow the better I think 
Yeah, the set-piece coach has actually been our best signing this season. <laughs> he has won us a lot of points. The set-pieces have won us a lot of points. And uh, Mikel Antonio did give us a piece of advice on how to beat Liverpool from set-pieces. He said, keep the ball away from Virgil. So we must <laughs> the advice for Smith-Rowe and uh, Saka. So we should see how that goes. But just to before we wrap up the show, I just want to get your opinion. Now, people have been saying that Liverpool game will be a free hit for us if we lose. It's not that it doesn't really matter, but it's Liverpool. It's the best team in the league, and we're on good form. We're still in touch. You know, we're still in touch with the top four places. But should we take it more seriously? Can we really compete? Is it a free hit? Um, I think I, I had this conversation with Tom last week, actually, on a similar similar vein, and um, I took issue with the term free hit just because I don't think I think what it implies is that you can go into it and lose five, six nils. We've seen Arsenal do in these big games away from home in the past, and everyone will be fine with it. I don't think that's the case. I think Arsenal's standards right now, because of the recent run they've been on, are higher than they've ever been. And I would say that realistically, Arsenal will want to be um, going into this game competing with Liverpool. So I won't go so far as to say a free hit. I don't think anyone will be too upset if Arsenal lose 1-0 or if Arsenal lose in a way that they're sort of competing in the match and have a chance of winning in the game. I think people will respect that and be sort of, understanding of where this team are in their development in the project under Mikel Arteta. But I wouldn't go so far as to say, I think I don't think it's a free hit, but I think Arsenal definitely do need to take this game seriously because if you want to get into the top four, you do probably need a couple of these kind of results across the season. You can't be taking these massive hits to your goal difference like we saw at the start of the season. And also it's terrible for morale. So there's a big, busy set of fixtures coming up in December. And if Arsenal lose to Liverpool, they'll have to recover quickly and that can snowball quite quickly when you've got game after game after game. So they need to go there, they need to compete and hopefully, as uh, sort of the buzzword of today's episode, they can they can come away with some sort of result. But I think at the same time, I'm hopeful, again, that people will sort of respect the fact that if they lose 1-0, that's fine for where they are. I just don't think anyone will be fine with the, the idea of another 4-5-6 goal defeat. Yeah, I think yeah, I agree. I think it's a mentality thing. You need to, you're not going to get anything from the game thinking, oh, okay, it's okay if we lose one or two. No, no, you have yeah. to go with the mentality. Spot okay, on. we can actually get something from here because you're just setting yourself up to lose. It gives Liverpool confidence and it gives us the negative negative feeling. Oh, we have to sit back and not get a point because we're too scared. So we shall see how that goes. But just the last question of the show, Kaya, I'm going to put it to you. I'm put forward to you. What is the score for the game against Liverpool tomorrow? I don't want to do a score prediction. It's a really hard one to predict. Because um, if I say we're going to lose and then we win, then I'm going to look like an idiot. But um, I... I, I I think Arsenal will lose this game. I can't quite see them winning. I just think it's going to be too difficult. I think Liverpool are too strong. I think obviously Arsenal have their own strengths, but I just don't know if they'll be able to um, play their full game against Liverpool just yet. I think they're getting there. I think the midfield is just not quite good enough to go to Liverpool, go to Anfield and get the kind of result we're all um, thinking and hoping that they might be able to get. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory for Liverpool, but I'm sort of saying it... Uh, with with a lot of sadness in my heart, <laughs> a lot of a lot of uh, sort of optimism, cautious optimism that I I would be very happy to be proved wrong on that front. Yeah, look, I'm going to use the buzzword and be hopeful that we will get a draw. I'm going to go for a two-two nice. draw. I think Arteta nice. is going to keep the run. I'm 
praying it does happen. But of course, Liverpool is never an easy ground. But I believe Arteta's boys can do it. Just a draw, not a win. That's too crazy. But a win, we'll take, that. We'll take, yeah, we'll take a 2-2 two, two draw. But thank you, Kaya. That's the end of the Pressbox episode. Now, make sure you give Kaya a follow on Twitter at KayaKayanak97 and follow me too. But more importantly, make sure you like and subscribe to the channel. There'll be more Pressbox episodes coming soon. So make sure you keep following us down the Arsenal way. Oh, yeah.